This is the Drew Spirience Show, the show that's 80% combat sports and 20% everything else. Before I introduce my guest, just got to say a few things what the show is brought to you by. Karate Tips and Tricks with Sensei's Wensley Jensen and Darren Stringer out of Europe, where they're bringing together all Kyokushin, other styles of karate as one of the largest online growing dojos to bridge to bridge everybody together despite the pandemic. KRT Tips and Tricks with Sensei Wesley Jensen and Darren Stringer. Also, if you're an up-and-coming MMA fighter, or let's say you do Kyokushin and you want to become a professional MMA fighter, you need a good manager. Moments Management is the one place that I would recommend, where Nima Safapur, who's represented clients such as Gegard Mousasi, Alexander Gustafsson, and others, to name a few, will give you the ins and outs of how to manage your money, how to be a successful pro fighter in your pro fight career window. And lastly, Kyokushin Shuffle with Forever the Student by Pat Pinto, where he picks the brains of the greatest minds in Kyokushin to see how they excel at their craft. And without further ado, wow, today is a special day because to make this happen, it was all about timing. It was all about making sure like the, the day worked. He's a busy man. He is such a successful person at what he does. This is the gold standard. I've had many great Xi'ans on my show, and this is another one, especially for Quebec. He is highly sought after for Kumites because of how he sees how Kumites should be conducted. He has trained many fighters to successful championships and also made many successful black belts. A devoted father uh, with, uh, with, with the daughters he has and also with everyone he teaches. I have the pleasure. Uh, it's such an honor. I mean, he is the white whale. He is a samurai in definition. I am honored to be joined by Sensei I mean, excuse, Xi'an Pierre Cataford of IKO Nakamura. Welcome, Xi'an. Us, good morning. Us. Thank you, Drew. Thank you very much. Nice to see you. <laughs> Thank you. Well, the, the, uh, I, I have to say it's an honor to really have you on. You know, everywhere... Uh, since I made the announcement that you were coming on, I want to give a shout out to your association uh, in Boucherville and the other dojos. They've been really supportive. Uh, some of your students and other senseis who work with you have uh, added me. They've, they said they've sent me positive messages. So I really want to say thank it's, it's a huge honor. And I really appreciate the support that you have given and the time you've taken out of your day to come on my show. Well, thank you very much. But same thing for you. Uh, it's very nice that you take the time to make people learn maybe more about everybody that's training very hard in martial art and Kyokushin in Quebec. So it gave me the chance also to, to talk about the group of Nakamura and also what I've been through in Kyokushin life. Very true. So before Kyokushin, you know, yes, you are six ten. Yes, you are, you are, you have accomplished so much for what you've done in your, and only your, 50, how old are you now, 37? You were yeah, your birthday. 57, 57. I got 57 uh, last month. Not last week. <laughs> the 3rd of February. Yeah. Well, you've aged very well. So whatever your genetic tricks are, I would like, I, you have to kind of like uh, tell me what they are. I would like to, maybe you could do like a blood drive so I can uh, look like you when I'm uh, 57. Because, uh, you know, it's, as you said, you know, it's, whatever your tricks are, I like to learn them. Thank you, no problem. First, <laughs> Still train. Keep training. That's uh, 80% of it. <laughs> Keep training. <laughs> exactly. So 
Before you became she and Pierre Cataford, who was she, Pierre Cataford before Kyokushin? And how did you get introduced to martial arts? Well, you know, a lot of people my age, they're going to give you the same answer. Bruce Lee was very important when we were kids. And uh, Chuck Norris and those guys. So at the time, yeah, I was playing hockey. I was doing a lot of hockey and, and baseball. And I went very high level in those two sports. But at the same time, I was really curious with Bruce Lee, the movie and everything. And I'm five foot seven, but then I was only 135 pounds. I was very small. And when I was young, like everybody else, big guy would push around, bully, blah, blah, blah. And one day a big guy was always hurting the people. And I said to my friend that he's going to hurt me. It's going to be the last time. And one day he pushed me, I fell down and, he, and I punched him very hard with, a, with my fist. I didn't know how to fight. I didn't know how I got that punch through, but I hurt the kids and I broke his nose. But then my family got called by his family and they told him that I hurt his kid. My dad asked me why. And then they had me apologize to the kid and everything. And then I said to my dad, I want to do karate. My dad said, no, karate is too um, offensive. So he started me to do judo because in his head, judo was defensive. So that's the way I start, 11 years old judo. But the guy who was teaching me judo was also a black belt Shotokan. So every time I go to my judo class, I would come further before to look at him do the training of karate. And then I do my, my judo class. So for two years, my dad said no to karate. But my friend was training in a park with a guy for Jeet Kune Do. So I would go to the park, train with them. And at 15 years old, I learned that the guy was teaching us Jeet Kune Do and some other training, uh, weapon training and all that. I was a shy luck, you know, so he was doing a, a bad job. So I told my dad what's happening. And he said, no, this is no good if you don't want to follow a man like that in life. And then I said, okay, but can I go find a karate school? And that's when I started to look around. And I went to seven schools of different martial arts, and I ended up in a Kyukshin school, and I said, oh, that's what I want. And then I started. I was 15 years old around, and I started to do Kyukshin. So that's, that's the beginning of my history. And 11 years old, I was telling my mom, when I'm home, I'll be teaching karate. So I'm lucky I knew at 11 years old I wanted to be a karate teacher. And then life brought me to different things, and of course, then to Kyukshin. And at that time, Sosa was alive. I had the chance to meet him twice. One of my fighters finished fourth place in 91 in front of Sosa. His name was Jean Rivière. So because of that, I really got like into Kyokushin very, very fast with good people around me. Of course, at that time, I was with Shana Rizubayim. And now my team was with Kensho Matsui after Sosa passed away. So all that began my career, you know, as an owner of karate and all that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. And I love what you said there about how it's like, because you had an experience being bullied and this is where, like, I just want to say why I'm wearing pink today is because the company I work for tell us, by the way, the views expressed in the show do not reflect my work or the company, but I feel like it's important that Mar I think martial arts can really teach that respect because um, at the end of the day, hurt people, hurt people. And that's why I think that kid was pushing you around because he was hurting. I'm not trying to make excuses for him, but I believe, you know, it shows the respect that you have to be willing to apologize. And I, it's not easy, but 
just that just shows how humble of a person you are. And I want people to really see that because at the end of the day, uh, you, uh, I do believe martial arts is an antidote to eliminating bullying because you teach respect and you see people's skill set. Well, you know, Drew, if you never get punched or kicked, how can you know that those things hurt? Uh, if people never push you around, how can you know? But when you start karate, you know, there's always somebody better than you. So you have, even if you punch and kick 10, the next one, 11, might give you a lesson without being a, a bad person, just to show you there's always somebody better than you and that you can always train to be better. And then when you start to understand that in martial art, you start to respect more people. You start to understand that sometimes people come to school when I was 25 years old and teaching, the guy would come and uh, I wanted to grab him. Already I was young. My head was like, well, we'll show you how we train. Now I see that. In my mind, it's poor guy. He doesn't have a, he doesn't believe in himself. So we're going to have to learn him to believe in himself. Then that pride that he showed too much is going to go down. That's the way I think you become a better, better person. But the same thing for me. When I was young, I was small. Uh, I was really, I fought my, my first kickboxing match professional, I fought 134 pounds. Imagine. <laughs> now I'm 175. Okay, if I lose 10 pounds, I'm very, very, very thin. I, I cannot go back to 134 pounds. So because of that, you learn that kyukshin is a way of living, not just punching and kicking, you know? So... I love that. I, I love what you said there. And that's why at the end of the day, like, I, I just want to say it again, you know, martial arts is the perfect antidote to, I can't say stop bullying because that's a very subjective term, but it can bridge differences from, from every walk of life, regardless of your religion, your language, your creed, your orientation. Like when you go to a dojo, you, you think of all the people you see, like, I'm t and, and this is the thing too, like when I went to my first school, um, I, I didn't speak a word of French, but I got the, some of the respect I needed. There were some, you know, that didn't want to like really associate with me because of like I was an Anglo, you know, I don't want to make it political, but there are always going to be good people that do want to help you get better. So that's why I credit Kyoku Shin. And it's more to when I had my conversation with Xi'an Jacques Dupont when I did it only in French. And it was, it's like, and I, that's what, I really had to put myself on the spot there, but just the support we have in this community is so beautiful. Like, I really want to say, like, I think uh, Kyokushin in Quebec or worldwide, but especially in Quebec, the community is so small, but man, it's so supportive regardless of where you come from. Yes, I agree with you. You know what you're saying that I had the chance because of Kyokushin to go, not over, all over the world, but, but close. You know, people always think about racism or language or color of skin or the only thing I know in my life, everywhere I go with this, New York, I walk on the street. I don't talk about in a dojo. I'm in the street. Somebody else from another country, another color of skin, another language, going to see this, going to say, oh, where are you from? Then I, we talk. They don't start with what organization are you or this or that. They're going to say, oh, this is an international language. And then you start to talk. So there's no religion, 
no language, no color of skin, no politics. I think this is the more important obstruction. Anywhere you go, even in Montreal, of course, a lot of people now start to try to speak English if they're French. And more French, English people start to learn French to make, make their part, you know? But me, if I speak to somebody who speaks English only, I'm going to help them. Of course, my first language is French. But some people in the past, they speak English, they don't talk to you. This is not karate. This is a way of living that's no good. But in martial art, you don't see that. Of course, I'm talking about serious martial art. Yeah. And Xian and Sensei or instructor uh, who's going to teach to younger person, you're going to teach them to be polite, respectful and this. This is a real kyukshin. Then that's going to grow up for the next generation and all that. That's very important. I love what you said there because I, I really want to give a shout out to one of your senseis, Joanne Fournier, and one of her students, uh, Bernardo. And when they came on my show and before off the record, they said, hey, we heard your Jacques Dupont interview. Your French is amazing. And the fact that you went out there to do that, you've, got, you've gained so much respect from yeah. Kyokushin Quebec. And, and it just goes to show like the people you have in your organization are quality, Xi'an. And it's, and you know, everybody's different, but you've done such a good job with making sure you vet the right way. By vet, I mean you make sure when you like bring them in, you're not just bringing them in. Like you got to make, you make sure what qualities do you have? What is your why? Why do you want to be a Nakamura? How did, like, we'll get to that, but um, here's a question I have for you now. You said in 1991, that was the gold standard of Kyokushin, where you, it was, there was no like IKO1, IKO2, IKO3. You had, you were training with guys with legends, such as Alain, Chian Alain Bonami, yes. the late Reynald Lamar, who, Hard, Lionheart, who was like a brother to you from what I understand. What was that period like in the 80s when kickboxing was up here? It was just as equal with the, like hockey. Like People would watch the Montreal Canadiens play, and then sometimes they'd watch Jean-Yves Theriot fight, or they'd watch like you know the Iceman, yeah, Jean-Yves and his brother Vic with their fight, and then your kickboxing and Reynolds kickboxing. What was that period like? Uh, you know, it's amazing you talk about that, because now the young black belt of Kyukshin in a way, they're lucky. They have so much tournament they can go. At the time, there was no tournament in Montreal for Kyukshin. Shana Andrzej started to do one. But of course, you, he built it. And after 10 years, 15 years, then there was a lot of black belt. And now from Toronto, Nouveau-Brunswick, was coming a lot of good fighters to fight. But before that, nothing. So Alain and Renal were kickboxing before me. When I started to train with Alain, they were already Alain and Renal, Canadian kickboxing champion. I was first down, they were third down, you know? So they were my idol. And I was lucky enough that they accept that I went to train with them at the time. Because when I passed my black belt, for a small guy, I was very tough, powerful. But uh, that day when I fought and I passed my dad, I said, Oh, something wrong. Alain and Renal have better technique than me, and they're bigger than me. I'm supposed to be a better technique. I'm a small guy. But I trained with big guys, so I was like big guy, tough. But the technique was not that good. So I decided to say to Alain and Renal, would you mind if I go do boxing with you? So I started to train with them in the boxing place. 
And then, of course, kickboxing came with it because we were Kyukshin people. So that's why I think, and Taekwondo was the same thing at the time. They had good fighters. So they don't see it, but behind, it's like Kyukshin against Taekwondo, of course. The night you fight a guy, you're Kyukshin, you're Taekwondo, people are going to say it's a kickboxing match. But there's also a bit on the back, oh, Kyukshin win or Taekwondo win, you know, of course. So that built up, and Kyukshin was very into kickboxing because Alain Renard were very known. But there was other guy too from Kyukshin that were doing kickboxing match. So at that time, all the martial art in Quebec, the way to do a real full contact fight was going to kickboxing. And the promoter at that time did a good job also. I know the other day you had Victor Terrio on it. At the time there was Real Marseille. Uh, Shannon Jujibai was one of them. So those guys worked very hard to make a platform for a kickboxing to grow. And then that's what happened. Yeah. That's amazing. And you know, when you went to Japan in 1991, I've seen the photos. There's you with uh, Jean Riviere, Reynald, and uh, Chien Andre Gilbert. There's even Dolph Lundgren, the actor who was there. Yeah, um, just like name, I could name like all the greats that were in that period. And Michael Thompson, who not many people, only like the hardcores know about him. Like, and if you've watched Michael Thompson fight the Black Panther, what was that like? Because he was like, he's the only one that went to five extensions with Matsui. Yeah. Do you know, do you know Gary O'Neill? Of course. The Gary okay. Step. I've heard of, he's an Australian legend. Okay. So Michael Thompson was the first kind of fighter that would move that, that he was moving a lot so he was very using the full floor you know some people they're gonna fight of course in Kyukshin at the time you didn't have weight category so the guy like Makoto huh, my master in the big, he was world champion he was six foot three 285 pounds so, like Dalton Green Dalton fought against Makoto so they did, uh, I think they did uh, Ikiwake, so they, they have the tie, they have to go for another round. And Makoto win because he had more stamina, you know, the Japanese mentality. So those guys are, are huge. So for Michael Thompson, he's not small as me, but he's in between. You need to move with those guys. But some people move because they run away from the fight. Some people move because they use the mat properly to pull. And the first one that was doing that a lot in Kyukshin, there was a, a guy, nobody knew him a lot. His name was William Oliver. He was five foot four, 134 pounds. And if you see the first video, they call that Black, Black King. There's a lot of Kyukshin people and you see him do some kid. Uh, he was very, um, so sorry, I'm very impressed by his technique. And there was Thompson after that. He was, he was from Europe, Michael Thompson. And he was moving great. And uh, I saw him fight. Uh, in 91, he was there. He fought too. So I saw him fight. So that guy was amazing. And then Gary O'Neill was the next generation that looked like Michael Thompson, but with some footwork, amazing footwork. And me, I had the chance to train because... He came to Montreal to give a seminar. But then the Thursday, only the fighters, we went to Andre Jibai. We were like 40 person. We all trained together. And I fought with Gary O'Neill, maybe 10 minutes. And uh, he told me, Champion, you're very, at the time I was sensitive. He said, Sensei, you're very fast. 
but work on your footwork. And I'm telling you, I was punching him and kicking him fast. And one, and, and, and one second, he was beside me and his knee was on my jaw. He just did like. And then I look at him and look at me and we start to smile. He really caught me with the way he moved. And I never saw the knee came on, and he was not in front, he was beside. And then we went to eat, of course. And then the next day, he was training with some people from Montreal, and he said, you want to come with us? And we trained for a full day. And he was only teaching me the way he thinks about moving. Since that, well, I can move like Gary. I'm older. I cannot go and compete like that. But I can teach my student how to move, how to use his footwork. And that's why I started to understand that we have to learn from a lot of people because two things he had me done in my belief of training, you cannot do. You know, you're in martial arts, you're not supposed to move on your heel. I was supposed to move on your toe. But there's two footwork that Gary O'Neill used. You have to end up on the heel. So then it's like, but he did maybe 50 knockouts with that move. So it works. So you cannot say it doesn't work. So that's when my, my, I opened my mind to, okay, there's a lot to learn from those people. So that's it. Yeah. That happened to me actually. And, you know, like I did, cause like when I was at my old school, I didn't really have like proper like coaching or attention. But then when I met uh, uh, my current coach, I have now like uh, Mohammed, I mean, like you really want his name mentioned, but I just got to say, you know, Mo's the one that said, you got to keep an open mind. He's like, I want you to watch Leshy Kurbanov. You know what I want you to do? I want you to watch, uh, not Gary O'Neill, but he's like, I want you to watch some of the European greats. So he was telling me like, this is how I want you to like learn. He's like, you can't just think of like rock'em sock'em robots where it's like you're going in for the pressure. He's like, cause not everybody's a pressure fighter. It takes all someone, it takes a special breed to be the pressure fighter. So always keep an open mind uh, when you're learning about how to be in Kumite's. Yes, I agree with that. And you know what? People don't understand that sometimes. And I tell them, look at hockey. Remember the, the time those guys like Maurice Richard? It's a big, big name. It's amazing what he did. But if you look at the hockey at that time and the hockey today, it's not the same game. The guy has better shape, better speed, better stick to be able to be good with them. So the hockey really changed. In martial art, if we do the mistake in Montreal to think, it's always the same, they change. Why? Because the Russian and the Japanese people are very good, good team of fighters. And they always push up for the next generation. So what happened, Japanese has a way to fight. Next tournament, the Russian come with a different way. And you have 10 Russian, 10 new Russian, I mean. The 10 new Russian have the same skill, the same time. Uh, the coach gonna call the the Cantando at the 22nd of the end. Nobody did that before, but one, no, no. You see 10 Russian fighting in the day today, the 10 gonna do that. So it's a teamwork, it's a mentality. It's, then the Japanese, some win, some lose. They go back to training. Oh, Russian did that, they adjust. So the Russian for two years, they bring new kid with new technique to adapt to the Japanese. So good fighter and good coach have to understand it's always gonna improve. And if you stay in your dojo or you stay in your house, impossible you learn about that. You have to go to tournament. And tournament in Montreal, there's amazing fighter. But the lack we have, there's not enough so they can compete each other all the time. And 
if they don't go out, they don't see the new technique. So they're good. And then they go out, they get surprised because they get something they didn't knew. So that's why I always want to go out to learn from them. Of course, I have my experience. I bought a lot of fighter. I teach them. I'm still passionate about it. So I want them to, of course, it's your student. You want them to win. But somebody come to my school, Sean, I want to be world champion. You know what I tell them now? No problem. You have money for the next 10 years? They look at me. Well, maybe it's going to take you 10 years to be world champion. You don't get that in a week. You don't. It's a way of living. It's a way of, yeah, everything around you has to be sacrificed to be world champion. Mm-hmm. That's the way it is. Yeah. So my other question I have here is, this is a one, um, what is it? So when, you, when you're sought after for kumites, because you're one of the most highly sought after when people want you to organize a kumite because you see it like a chess match. You also see it like with the business side of it. So you've meshed those two very well together. What, make, what do you feel makes you so good at always being recommended or called for kumites or be it a consultant or then lead a kumite? Well, first, thank you for saying that. So, and the people who think that, that's very nice of them. Uh, you know, what I was, there was a time people would say, and they didn't say that because they're a bad person. They did, they did say that because they don't have enough experience. They would say, oh, I don't like politics. I heard that a lot, from, especially from young fighters, because they want to compete. They only want to think, they, they want to train and compete. Of course, I understand. And then their sensei with this sensei doesn't work. Then their Xi'an above say, no, not that country. Yes, that country. So it's not always easy. So to manage Kyukshin and to manage what you say business, you have to understand if there's no business, there's no fighter, there's no dojo, there's no tournament, there's no seminar, and there's no way I'm going to take my plan and go learn in Japan. So same thing for everybody. So if we do good business, so I mean what? What people doesn't like about politics is the negative. This guy is like this, this guy is like that. When I started to be my own organization here in Montreal, all the those operators that I met, I said, if you want to work with me, I have a first law. We don't talk against other Xi'an Sensei organizations. We try to build our own and have fun. So when I teach to a fighter, sometimes, like you said, fighter would come to me from other school. Say, Xi'an, you always took care of your fighters. I want to compete more. I'd like to train with you. I have the same meeting with them. I go in my office. Okay, you have something you didn't like in your dojo, blah, blah, blah. Tell me about it. We fix that. We get out of the, the, my office. It's finished. We don't talk about that anymore. I don't believe I'll be a better Xi'an or coach or man if I talk against you, if I talk against this. Of course, sometimes I don't agree with this guy and this guy. But it's not because I talk about it that I will change my thing. And I think that's why some people, they trust me, they know Champagne, what you want, it's to build fighters. Of course, I like, to, I still fight with, my wife's going to compete again in Japan at the end of the year. I still fight with her. So I like to fight. Sebastian Kaus is in my dojo for four years now. He's a very strong fighter. Sometimes I fight with him. Do you think I have in my head, 57 years old, I'm going to kick the butt of 33 kids, 33 years, 33 years old kid? No. 
But sometimes I know that this guy has that technique good. So I'm going to take the chance to receive a good kick from Sebastian, but I'm going to throw him the technique I think that the other fighter might throw him because I have enough experience to do it. And then if I call him, I said, you see, me, I'm not 250 pounds or 200, but this guy is 62, is 220, and if he cut you there, he's going to hurt you. So I have the passion to do that to teach him. Of course, I'm not going to go on the mat and fight the fight. He's going to go on the mat and fight the fight. And it's going to be easy to, for me to say, go, go, go. If he's hurt, he's hurt. I'm not hurt. I'm on the side looking. <laughs> you understand? I do. I do. Yeah. And you know what? I share kind of the same thing because, you know, I'm, I'm not as decorated as you, but I used to be a coach in uh, deck hockey or ball hockey. And uh, I was, and I think what we have in common here from what you just said is you have to be a very good, like you have to have like that leadership role with humility. Like I've had star players that came to my team where they had a bad attitude. I pull them aside and I would say, I'd be like, listen, I say, we have a system to play here. If you don't like playing with this guy, tell me right now and I'll find you another line mate to work with when you're on the power play. And it's all about balance. And I think, you know, have you watched the last dance with Michael Jordan? Yes, a little bit. Okay. Not full of it, yeah, a little bit, yeah. So I really think what you and I can take from that is like, we're kind of like, I wouldn't say we're Phil Jackson, but we can share some of the philosophies he has of how he is with certain players because every single person is different. Fighter A, like for example, you, you train Sensei Sebastian. Well, Sensei Sebastian, you have to train, you have to coach and train, teach one way. But another fighter, you might have to be like different and, you can, and not the same approach works always. That's the same way in hockey. And I had to really learn that, you know, when I was winning my championships now, I'm telling you right now, I was not a good player. Like, I wasn't skilled. But I was, like, kind of, like, think of a defensive D-man, like a Rod Langway, like, when um, he was on the Montreal Canadiens. Like, that's how I played, the secretary of defense. But when I coached, I saw the game, like, like you see fights, in a sense. Because I saw, this is how I'm going to put my players in situations to succeed. And I know it's going to work. Some might not like it. But when I explain what I'm trying to do, that's why we won five championships. And that's why like, I left uh, and then got into martial arts. But I love what you said there, like where you, pick, you take them in the office and we don't talk bad about, bad about anybody. Because what does that say about your character? It brings a very bitter taste. And then you know what? You're burning bridges. And I love how you do it. Like you think it's like you're so methodical. Like, and, and, I'm, and after this conversation, I'm going to take that away and, and do this with my show always. Yes, but... What you say there, you, you know, it's so beautiful, the martial art. And people go get, they do something so good with their self, competitor or not. Um, young kids or somebody that started at 40 years old, you see a person get into a dojo. And a few years after, it's not the same person. So that's what martial art should be all about all the time. But of course, I have a rent to pay. My dojo is big, so it's expensive. So I have a head of businessmen also to, and now I have 37 years my dojo in, in April, 37 years. So I'm not going to charge the same price a kid 25 years old with his new dojo. People don't understand that sometimes. They come to my place. I don't charge 2000 a year, but I'm never going to give my karate free. And you're going to say, oh, that guy in that city is giving it half the price you have. Say, yeah, go there. But it's just as the quality I have here. You know, I still have 17 sensei, third and fourth down, that train here. 
They don't have dojo. They don't want dojo. They want to train here. Not one, not two, 17. I have four for them. And I'm not talking about other organizations. I'm talking about me. If you don't go to Japan, if you don't do competition, you don't get a third down. Of course, if he's older, I don't care if it's a kata competition. I, no, no, it's not everybody that is strong enough to go do Kyukushin community. I understand that. But you want to be sensitive in my school? Teach to kids, teach to others, have something to say, not what Shantya says. What's your living? What's, what's your experience? Your sensei, teach your experience. So the, all the person I have here, they all pass real third down and four down and fifth down because there's 14 dojo Nakamura and Burmi. Shantya, Shant Serge, Promanche, they passed their go down in Japan last year. Sensei Lemir, three years ago, passes four down in Japan. Last summer, not this summer because COVID, summer before, I had three of my sensei here that passed four down in Japan, summer camp. You know, they've been training with me for 37 years. They passed their four down in Japan. So if I'm not here, they can teach for a month and they don't need me to teach to my student. My wife, she's been fighting in Japan seven times. She went in Japan four times kata, and she went first uh, one time in Kimite. She has like 50 tournaments international. So those people, it's not because it's my wife or my friend. No, no. They are person with a knowledge experience. So I'm not here. I go away for a month, teach in another country. My dojo go on. People learn, people have fun. That's what I think should be real kyukushin. I love it. It's the same way too when I'm with Mo. Like he doesn't make it like, like he's like, it's, it's got to be so strict and rigid. He's like, no, we're going to have some fun. We're going to bring in some fitness. We're going to bring in some CrossFit. And uh, it, that's what I love about it. You know, you can always add to it. It's kind of like a painting. You can always add different canvases. I'm not an artist, so I, I don't know the terms, but you can add different colors and shades yeah. to make it more beautiful. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. It should be always like that, but because of that's my sham head, you know. But because of the other side, you know, a tournament it's very expensive to organize. So when a young kid, maybe 19, 20 years old, said, oh, "I don't like politics," yeah, but because of politics, you're gonna fight today. Because of politics, uh, we're gonna pay maybe flight for a few Japanese to come in Montreal to fight. If there's no politics, there's no business. Well, there's no tournament, so you cannot be a great fighter. So the negative, we understand. Me too, I have, I have enough of that. And if when I heard that one of the sincere, the Xi'an is like that, I'm telling you, me and my groups, because you know Pierre Rouillet, Serge Chauvin and me, are the group KICK, Kyokushin International Aquarium. And we were representing Ikaona Camera in Canada. I'm the brand chief, okay? But I did not want to be alone to take all the decision because I might be right and I might be wrong. You know, I love, I love black, but maybe in five years, all the new kids gonna like blue. And now my Yare Sensei or Shan's gonna say, Champion, black, uh, this is no good anymore. You should go with blue. But if I'm alone, I'm gonna go black, black, black because you don't get brand chief and high down if you're not stubborn a little bit, you know? So because we're four taking the decision, then it makes less mistake going on with the, the group, you know? And why I took those three guys? Well, they've been with me for 37 years. 
So they're not only my students, they're my friends, they're, they're almost my family, you know? So that's why the group is working out together. And it was the first thing I told them too. Okay, I'm gonna go with Nakamura. This is why, why, why. But I want you guys to be in kick and take care of Nakamura with me. But I have one rule. We don't talk against other organizations. We build ours. Because I was like, it was a pain for me in the past, all that negative talk. And of course, we have to go through. When you change organization, there's reason. You're not happy. Why are you not happy? Things happen. And me, I have, I'm not a perfect human being, but I'm not somebody who's going to change friends every week. And I'm not the one who's going to change Xi'an or Master or Brand Chief organization every week. So it took me four years before I took my decision. And I was, that was sad. For me, I was sad. But to make myself and my group grow up, I had to take, to take that decision, you know? I definitely understand. And that leads me to my next question, because you left IKO in, six, in 2016. A lot happened. Reynald Lamar is passing, and I understand Reynald was very close to you. So I, this is a two-part question. So what was it like? What, what, was Rain, what was the friendship you had with Reynald like? And when his passing happened, how do you feel that impacted Kyokushin Quebec? Well, you know, first thing, Sean Reynald was a great champion, but also he was a great human being. And Renal, Alain, and me were like three brothers. We were always together, trained together, of course. But then, you know, you get older, you don't compete anymore. We would do the karate, but then we go play golf. We, we do things, we do summer camp with the kids and come and train. So, but at that time, it was already um, hard in Montreal, Quebec, that everybody stick together. And Renal, Alain, and me were talking about that. And of course, when Renal passed away in July, there was a karate camp in June. He came here and uh, I was not able to go to that one. So he borrowed my um, uh, système de son, you know, um, speaker and all that, because I have a big one we could bring over there for outside. And he brought it back to me the Monday and I was losing, uh, leaving like, I think Thursday to Florida to, um, what do you call that? Walt Disney. Okay. With all the family and the big thing, the big, big Walt Disney thing. And after a week I was there, I got a call that Renal passed away. I got a call. I think I got 150 calls that, that you, you cannot imagine all the calls that, because everybody knew I was out. So they knew here. So my friend, my student, uh, Sebastian Hugo, uh, Johnny, Sensei Johnny, I think he texted me and called me about 40 times. And finally, because I was at Walt Disney Park, we were using my wife's phone. My phone was in the lock at the hotel. Mm. I didn't know. We went, came back at 11 p.m. at the room. And when I opened my phone, I see <gasps> something's happening. Then I called my friend Johnny, Sensei Johnny. And Johnny said, hey, Pierre, how are you? I said, I'm okay. He said, do you know about Renal? I said, what? He sat down. And then he told me he passed away. I'm telling you, I cried for an hour and a half like a baby. And then my kids and my wife were looking at me like, what's happening? I was not able to tell them. I was so shocked. Then after a while, I said to my wife, and my wife knew Renal, because when my wife competed, the last thing Renal said to my wife 
because she went first place in Qatar and second place in Trinity at the, um, the last show they do there, the, not the Chigiki, the um, Daigiki. The last tournament in Montreal, Daigiki. And Renard won on the stage when Karen had the two trophy. And he, he took on her arm and he said, Karen, you're a real Kyokushin spirit. You're the only one that I see do Kata and Kimite for 10 years. You never stop. So that's what the last nice saying from Renard to my wife. So imagine when I told my wife Renard passed away. We went to Hawaii for Bobilo when he passed away. Sean Bobilo passed away. Renal Alain André, me and my wife went to Hawaii for the funeral of Sean Bobilo. The last day, Sean André and Sean Alain went back to Montreal. Renal left with me and my wife. And he was so nice to us because he was in the same room. And he wanted to make sure we have some quality time as a couple. So that guy was amazing. And my wife loved him because of that. And of course, I had to tell her to pass away. But then, I think they, they did like four days after the funeral of Renal because his wife had to leave. Me, I was in Florida, could not take the plane the next day because there were none. Should, and then I talked with my friend, Shane Alain. I said, what do I do? He's telling me, it's a PI. You know Renal, I know Renal, yeah? You would, you won't want you to take care of your family. So because I would have left, had to let them to, to the park over there and everything. So I didn't go to the funeral. Of course, when I come back the, the Sunday, Mano and his daughter were gone in a trip. That's why they did fast. So I went to the cemetery, talk with Renard, you know, because he's in Terban there. Mm -hmm. So of course, all that breaks something, you know, it breaks something. So me then change organization. Alain is still with Andre. We still call. We still call each other. We still talk to each other. We're friends. It's not gonna change, you know. But because we respect each other, we don't try to interfere. What what is going with this way, and I'm going this way. And that's so. That's why that's break up. And at the time, the Saint Lamar didn't did want to change organization, but Renal did not want. Mm. But of course, he passed away. Then they decide to go. So all that, all that, like, did break at the same time, you know? Yeah, it's pretty crazy. He was kind of like the anchor that kind of held Quebec together because of how much of a gentleman he was. And the stories I've heard, like, I'll never forget it. When I first got into Kyokushin in 2016, uh, I remember reading an article about Reynald, and uh, it was like there was a guy. That, I'm going to butcher the, 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 what I, how I say it, but this is what happened. There was a man that had many piercings and tattoos on him, and he couldn't stop crying. Like, he was just crying in, like, the arms of, uh, of uh, Sylvie. And so she and, uh, she, yeah, she and Sylvie, and, she, and, he, and, like, he was just, like, and they were, like, just consoling him. And it just goes to show you, like, how, like, a human being like him just impacted this guy's life. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, there's this saying I have, I carry the quote in my phone by the late Charlie Murphy, Eddie Murphy's brother. Don't take life for granted and don't take people for granted because no. you never know. And that's why I do this show too. Like, you know, to take inspiration from that, it's like, there's never, soon there's not going to be like a, a she and Pierre Catafor. We all, we're all going to pass away. But when I do the show, it's to give, it's to like, it's to treat my guests like, 
like the, the reason why I give them a pedestal is because they've accomplished stuff and I want them to feel valued, you know? So that's why like, I, I, I love what I do. And that's why I want these stories to be told because you never know the impact you have on people until you're gone. Yes, I agree with you. And this is sad. Of course, life is a lot like that. You know, I have my history of Chukshan. You're going to take in Montreal, another Xi'an, maybe same thing, 30, 40 years of experience. He has a story about Chukshan. Half of it's going to look the same as mine. The other half, I don't know nothing about it. And he doesn't, nothing about, he doesn't know nothing about it. And that's why it's not good to trash against each other because the student numbers, they start, they don't like that Xi'an or that sensei. They don't even know you. But because they trust the sensei, the Xi'an or the coach, they see you sometimes, they hate you. And sometimes it's sad, but the problem is not the guy they hate. It's the guy they teach to them. But they don't know because they're impressed by he's a good Xi'an, he's a good teacher, he's a good this, he was a good fighter. So they think everything is that. So that's why coach, Sensei or Xi'an, has to really, really think what they teach and what they tell around them. Because sometimes it goes deeper than what they think. Because, of course, you know, we talked about that, me and you, last time. Xi'an, for me, is a title. First, I'm Pierre. My first behaviors, my dad and my mom give to me. They teach me respect. They teach me not to, uh, to take the money of somebody. They teach me not to uh, abuse women. Kyukshin, they, they teach me that. My parents teach me that, behavior. Then I choose Kyukshin because I think Kyukshin is a prolongation of the behavior my father and my mother taught me. Then I'm a Xi'an, I'm a master of Kyukshin. Xi'an means you're supposed to be a master in Kyukshin. It's a title. You could be a good Xi'an or you could be a bad Xi'an. You know what Tats Nakamura and me decide we give a four down the chance to go for go down? First, it has to be somebody who trained hard as a dozo and blah, blah. But if we think he could be a good person, because a sensei is supposed to be a good teacher. And then when you're four down, if I let you post four down, a real four down, you understand? It's because I think that one day you could be a good chance or a good person. And then the day I say, okay, me, my group, Pierre, Serge, and probably next year, Sensei Glenn with Chan Lino in Ontario. Okay, go for your goal now. I don't think they're better kicker and puncher than, than when you were 30 years old. They don't compete anymore, but there should be an example as a human being. That's what a Xi'an supposed to be. A master in Kyukshin and a good. So if I go talk against you, uh, your coach Mo, I love Mo. Uh, I had the chance to coach more a lot of time. And as a boy, as a man, I think he's a good person. But I start to talk you blah, 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 blah against him. Then I'm not a good person. So I should not deserve the title of Shia. That's, That's what I think. Okay? Dan is only a, a gold bar that you put on a bell that's supposed to say this man has that experience. This woman has that experience. Not supposed to say... I'm God, I'm the king, and uh, you, deserve, you all deserve to go on your knees for me. A lot of people do that. No. Of course, you go in my dojo, I'm Xi'an. Why? Because I paid the rent for 37 years, and I built over a thousand black belts. 
I brought a lot of my students to Japan and different countries to compete. So I deserve that respect. I go out, I'm as equal as you. I'm not better than you. You're doing better than me with your show. You already have to know how to get this fixed. I don't know how to do that. Of course, I talked to you today. But well, it's easy, especially now with the COVID. Well, you Zoom and this, and, but to get everything ready like you did, I'm not good at that. I have people here are uh, policemen. I cannot do the policemen. I have doctors. I have lawyers. They're better than me at that. But when you come here, I'm a professional. I like what I do. Some people teach at night and have a day job. Me, 37 years, my job, kyokushin. So in the morning, private class. 12 o'clock, the class. Afternoon, I train or I do private class. At night, I have class. Saturday class. For maybe 15 years, the Sunday, I give referee class. Before with Shana Adri and Matsui. Now for the last four years with my group. And Nakamura gave me the opportunity to be the international referee outside of Japan. So when COVID is finished, and let's say Poland wants to do a tournament, if it's an international one, I have to be there to give the class on Friday and make sure the Nakamura referee rules are done, you know? So when you come to my dojo, it's young. When I get out, no. I'm a human being, I'm a father, I'm a friend. I have fun, I have, a, I have a brothers, I have a mothers, like you and everybody, COVID, I have over there. <laughs> so, so that's why people should learn when you do it, do it. That's what I teach my students. It's easy to do punch. It's easy to 1,000 punch. Focus every punch you've done for one hour in your class. That's hard. It's the focus part that is hard. So I think we should do the same thing with I focus when I teach. I have fun when I go home. I focus when I bring a black belt. If I do the black belt exam, of course I'm the Xi'an, I'm at the table. I give a part of the class and I'm at the table looking. I'm not supposed to having my phone talking to my friends and no, I'm supposed to be focused. When I get out, it's finished. Of course, then I come back to Akatafal. I'm a human being. So some people, they go out of the dojo, they go to the party, they go there, they go there. And if you don't call them sensei or shian, they're like, they're like, they don't think you like them or this or that. Ah, it doesn't, doesn't matter. Some students, they cannot call me PI outside of the dojo. I'm not gonna tell that. In the past, I was sensei. And one day there was a student with me, we got out of the restaurant, and the student said to me, sensei PI. Then I said to her, hey, we're, we're at the restaurant, just call me Pierre. My Xi'an looked at me and said, can you call me my name? I said, no. So don't, why do you ask him to call you Pierre? Don't say to the people outside to call you sensei, but maybe him, he needs to call you sensei outside. And that did make me think, oh, that's true. So I have friends that been with me 37 years, like sensei Daniel, okay, I'll give you an example. 12 times you win the world, another world, the championship in Montreal, lightweight. He was the first lightweight to compete in Japan in 2001. It was the first time that they have lightweight division. That guy never called me Pierre. He trained with me since he was 10 years old, now he's 47 years old. He passed his four down last year in Japan. So we've been a lot of plays together. He never called me Pierre. It's not because I want him to call me uh, Shan everywhere we go. For him, in his life, I was a sensei, I'm a Xi'an, 
that's it. So sometimes people have a view of that, but you have to have the bigger view to understand why some people, you know. In Japan, same thing. Some Japanese people, they're very cold. But some Japanese people, like, like you and me, they're very human. human. So sometimes you judge too fast. Japanese are like that. Oh, so if you and me go to Japan, we get drunk for a week, then all the Quebecois are drunk people. No, that's not true, you know? So it's the same thing with Japanese people. Of course, there's some big head, but you know, there's big head in Montreal too. So you have to learn about them, and then you choose with who you want to work because it's going to be closer to your way to live. I love that. And I'm the same way. And that's the same way too. Like, cause when I want to be, and I love what you said, like you have to be a good person because not everybody has the same reasons to be a black belt. What is like, so when I, when I started with Mohammed, like there was a bit of a growing period. And he said to me, if you want me to work with you, I was at a very tough period in my life, which I'll talk to you off the record about after. But like Mo told me, he's like, if you want me to work with you, you got to get, you got to fix yourself. He's like, because there's some, there's some issues you have that like, only you can fix. And what's your reason? He's like, why do you want to be a black belt? Is it to impress girls? Is it to impress others? Do you want? And I said, no. He's like, and he's like, okay, what's your reason? Like he kept pushing. And I said, well, I said, I want to work with at-risk youth, like those like who are like come from troubled families or those like with autism because or special needs. Because why? Because I'm on the spectrum mildly. It's very, and I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable saying it now, but I remember when I was I'll say it in French here, so I'm going to talk very slowly. Quand j'étais diagnosé avec euh, un peu d'autisme, j'ai un enseignant qui a mentionné « Drew ja, va jamais apprendre français. Il doit obtenir une exception de le gouvernement du Québec pour ne pas apprendre français. » Mes parents étaient très choqués. Euh, pourquoi français? Euh, il habitait en Québec. Et après, euh, j'ai un, un bon professeur qui a mentionné « Non ». Vous pouvez apprendre français. Ça va prendre un plus long temps parce que français, c'est une langue très difficile avec les verbes, etc. Mais commence avec les phrases communes d'utiliser chaque jour. Euh, regardez les, les émissions en français que vous aimez, comme le sport. Oh, vous aimez hockey? OK, regardez les émissions de les Canadiens. Et après ça, quand j'ai fini Cégep, je pense que, oh non, je, pas, je, je pense que j'ai fini. Non, je ne pas finir avec français. Et avant, j'ai obtenu mon, mon, mon emploi courant. J'ai dit, j'ai l'humilité pour dire, j'ai besoin d'améliorer mon français parce que je veux, être, je veux rester en Québec. J'adore améliorer mon français. Et je sais avec les deux langues que j'utilise, ça va ouvrir plusieurs portes. Pour moi, je sais mon grammaire n'est pas parfait, mais quand je suis un sensei ou un senpai, j'aimerais être un exemple pour les pour les enfants qui a le, qui ont les défis. Et maintenant, hey, je t'ai dans le même bateau comme comme toi. Ça va prendre plusieurs temps, mais juste aller à un passe bon pour vous. Perfection jamais existe. C'est constamment amélioration vous doit faire. Yes, and you know, you see, you see the good friends you did there. You know, in my school for 37 years, of course, I saw thousands of persons. But autism, uh, trisomic 21, trisomy. Mm. I have a brown bell here. The guy is trisomy. He was the first Quebecois, trisomic, to finish his first 15 years, fifth year of high grade. So on that side. And he did it. And now he's a brown bell here. And of course, you know, those, the, 
those people with trisomy 21, they cannot be kicked to the head because the back of the, the is very, but he's a brown belt, he's doing fight, he's doing everything. And the day is gonna pass black belt, except the very, very full contact fight, he's gonna do contact fight. He's gonna be a real black belt. Because what you just said, I believe in that. You know, we talk a lot about champion. You talk about a lot of try to be a good coach, a good referee. But this is five to ten percent of a dozo. The other ninety percent is regular person coming in just to work for themselves. Of course, you have kids very young with talents, and you have kids with different problem or difference. And martial art help those people a lot. And a good sensei is gonna help them a lot. You know what? I go to Japan with a champion. He makes me look good. I work with the kids every day for 10 years. If we do a competition or something, he's gonna make me go look good. But you know what? This is as important as the champion who's gonna make you look good. And a lot of people forget about that. Me, my pride is to make an, 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 a human being around me happier. Of course, I'm using my knowledge is the karate. But there's a lot of tools in life, you know. For me, it's the kyukushin. That's one of the tools to make people better themselves every day. I still work out on myself. You know why? When you're 10 years old, you'll be a champion. When you're 20 to 30, you're in the champion part. When you're 30, you think you know everything. You still go on, you finally find that you, you know a little bit. And at my age, you know what you do? You don't want to lose nothing. You want to stay flexible. You want to stay with a good cardio. You want to still do Kimite with the 25 years old kids and show him your experience. But believe me, I know for my age, I'm really in a great shape. But you cannot beat a guy of 25 years old. That, and if I do beat him, because I did not do my job. He's not ready for tournament. You understand? If I beat, Sebastian wants to do Japan next year again. And if I can stay three minutes with a very strong fight with Sebastian, I did not do my job. He's 32 years old, and you know Sebastian is very good. Of course, I work on some of his thinking and technique that we fight for the last four years. I didn't, I didn't bring Sebastian good. He was good when he came here. Uh, he was a good person when he came here, and he's a strong fighter when he came here. Why he came here is he'd be tough with my experience. I could give him the small pieces to fix him, you know? So I'm going to do that. And if I go on and say, oh, I fight with Sebastian and I can stay toe-to-toe -to -toe with him, that would be a really bad mouth for my, myself. I'm if you think about that, in three years, I'm 60 years old. If my age, I can beat the guy 33, it's not that I'm good. That is not good. That's not, that's not true. And I'm telling you, when he's going to be ready for tournament, I'm not, I'm not enough young to stay in front of him three minutes with wolves. That's not true. You know? Of course, if you see me fight, you're going to say, Sean, it's amazing what you can do. Yes, because I like that and I want to stay in shape. But we have to be humble. The kids of 20, 25 years old supposed to be the next champion, not me. So that's the way I think, you know? Yeah. Very, I love what you said. So this is the second part of that question because we went off on such a tangent, but that's what I love about doing this show. And then people can take points and apply it to their life. When you joined Nakamura, you had many offers on the table. 
to join other organizations. What made you say, when you made that big decision, what made you choose Nakamura over others? Okay. First, I'm going to tell you, and I'm not going to name the organization. We don't need to. We don't need to. I don't want to be a Bama, but those things happen. I, I receive email. And so that's one organization. And other two, it was text to and phone call. Because, you know, when you went to all, I've been to Japan 36 times. So you meet people, you make friends. And then when some countries decide to change with Matsui, I was still with Matsui. Of course, they know you. So now they have their own organization. They're going to do those things. That's okay. And then I understand. What I didn't like from one of them, I was fourth down at the time. Just that you know, I passed my fifth down in 2007. Okay? And I was 12 years fourth down before that. So I didn't buy my down. And that down I did with Kensho Matsui in Japan. And the exam was six hours and a half. I lose 18 pounds of water. And we finished with 50, 60 committed. And there was 40 Russian person going for third for that. So imagine the kind of fight, you know? So then maybe 2010, so I'm a for that. No, 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 it's before that. I was for that. So maybe 2005 or six, I received an email. We'd like you to become branch chief for our organization. And if you do so, We'll put you brand shape and we'll give you a six down. And I was four down at the time. The only person who saw the email is my wife. Because I did not want anybody else to know about that. Of course, I called her and I said, you know what? At the time, I was still okay with Matsui and all that. I said, the day I'm going to have it down, it's going to be five, not six. And I really want to do the exam. And the guy said, why are you telling me that? Because for me, I need for the rest of my life to know I did the real exam for a fifth dan. This is for me. This is not for my Xi'an, for you, for my wife, for me. Because I know the, the way I'm built and I'm not going to be happy with myself. So I said no. Then when I got fifth dan, two organizations tried to brought me with them. I was not ready anyway. Then of course, like I told you, four years before I go with Nakamura, there was too much negative politics. And one of the sensei under me said, Sha, where do you want to go? I said, I don't know. That's four years before. I said, I don't know. I said, why? I said, when I'm happy somewhere, I don't start to look everywhere. So I didn't look everywhere. So I don't know what's happening with other organizations. So let me the time. Then I start to ask more questions, to look. And sometimes life timing, timing is perfect. You know, Tats Nakamura is in Vancouver. Tats Nakamura is my friend for 25 years. We've been in Montreal, Vancouver, LA, Japan, New York, all the time. And believe it or not, I was in Banff for a seminar with Matsui, October. Shan Tats was in front with me because we're both Shan. We trained together for three days. Sometime I would be with Brad or another one, a guy from Russia. But this time it happened like that. That's like Amura and me for three days, all the training for three days together. So of course we got up the room and we talked and we have fun. November, his uncle, Susui Makoto Nakamura, two-time champion, world champion, decide to let go Matsui. What people doesn't know is that his son just won the Open 
and all Japan open. So his son's name is Masanaga. Masanaga Nakamura win for the fourth time in all Japan, but this time is the, I'm sure I'm, it's heavyweight or uh, open, but that guy is smaller than me. He's about 150 pounds, so he's not a big guy. And he win the heavyweight championship. So is that make a point with Matsui? My son is small and he just won the open, uh, the um, All Japan Open. So they, after that, they quit Matsui. And the reason why a lot of politics and the rules around the tournament were changing a lot with Matsui at the time. So Makoto Nakamura wanted to stay like Sosawayama. So that's why he left. So that's November. So October, I'm in Banff. November, his son win. Makoto left Matsui. December, he asked Tats Vancouver to come for Christmas at his house. So he come and he asked him to be international secretary and branch chief of Canada. So January, we hear about Tats Nakamura leaving Scurrigal and Matsui. Me, I'm still thinking about that. By those four years, one of my sincere is a businessman. When I say businessman, I mean businessman. So a lot of money, uh, we're not talking about a few, a, a lot of money, he has two of his own plane. You imagine the kind of man? And that guy is a businessman and he did a few trips with me and a few meetings because I wanted to know what he think the business way. Because to become a brand chief, it's not punching and kicking. No, it's what I'm going to open for my dojo. My own dojo I can teach, but the 14 dojo, they want to follow me. Why? There has to be a reason. So because of that, I was thinking a lot. And then one day that man came into my school to do his class and he said, champion, I think with you, we did a lot of trip, we did meeting, you tried to do everything you did to fix what was with the other organization, it did not work. I think your friend is my, I think you should look seriously into it because everything else we look, we're not sure. And if you don't do it now, somebody else is going to do it. Somebody else is going to become a brand chief on Nakamura in Canada one day, that's for sure. So that's why I call Shantats. And believe me or not, I call him, hey, Shantats, in March. Shantats, how are you? Good. I said, so how, how is going with uh, Nakamura and all that? Well, you know, in Japan, it's huge. But here in Canada, I'm starting, so it's small. And I said, yeah, but that's why I'm calling you. I'm telling you, he said, what? Are you serious? That's what really what he answered to me. I said, yeah, Shanta. He said, I would never believe you would call me. You're so into it with Shanta. I said, yeah, I'm not happy. And then we discussed the business mentality of Nakamura. Because some organization, I didn't agree with that. And there was so much negative politics already in Montreal with some people. I didn't know about that. So I said, okay, this, this, and that. They send me everything they want. I said, perfect, perfect, perfect. There was one thing, I'm not going to send the show. I said, that thing is not there for me. It's very important. I said, don't worry. The mentality we have is like that. Perfect. Then I sign up with them. This is March, June, they get here. Just to show you what kind of, they pay for the plane of 
stats like Amora, they pay for the plan of Masanagana Kamura, they pay for the hotel. We did a seminar here with only the teacher, all the black belt, we were 72 sensei and Xi'an in my dozo. I had 13 person that just passed black belt in June. They arrived with the belt and the certificate. He gave all that one by one to my student. And then you give me a branching certificate in front of everybody. And he said, welcome to Nakamura. That's the way it started. Why I choose them? Tats was my friend for 25 years. I knew him. I know that guy is really uh, straight. Of course, it's a Japanese guy. He was brought up in Japan and he was, I think until third down, top in Japan too. Then he moved to Canada. His uh, father, of course, we all know him as Makoto Nakamura, two-time world champion. He's like Maurice Richard in hockey in Japan. But what people doesn't know, and I know that now, he has two daughters, a son, a wife, over 180 dojo in Japan. And you cannot be like that if you're only a champion. You have to be a mentor, you have to be. So I start to ask questions to Tats. Of course, you see, he's wearing a, a, a black belt, but he's also wearing a red belt. Some people, they're blah, 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 blah. Me, why? Why is he wearing a red belt? You know what, it make my education. <laughs> I don't know why. In Japan, 65 years old, if you're wealthy, you did good in life. Your family give you a big red coat with broadery as a, a proof of you, 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 you did good in life. So all the Xi'an under him, I think like there's 20 something branches. They make a belt with the broadery and they give it to him for the same reason. And you want to know why I decided to follow that man? Because that bell is wearing it since that day, every time he put his kimono, toward the respect of his Xi'an and Sensei. And he doesn't care about what you or everybody else is going to think, because for him, those people were loyal to him, so he's going to wear the belt. Of course, people that doesn't know the history, he think is that, he think is that. He's wearing a red belt because some style, the Xian, the master, has a red belt. You see, that belt doesn't have to do with karate. You know? So, first thing, that guy, if you do something for him, he's going to take care of you. His son is amazing, is the new age technique. The way he move. Because Russians fight close. They're tall, they're strong. Japanese people got knocked down a lot with Izagiri and those kids because Russia. So I just told you his son is tall, is small. So he has to go kick fast and get out. So what did he improve? He improved of the way you move in fighting. Of course, a lot of people can do Mawashigiri, Yura Mawashigiri, um, now the inside kick, Mishima. A lot of fighters can do that. But him, he has to move out and in because it's too small to stay in. So you see him prove again the way of fighting. And you know where his footwork came? From basketball players. He was playing basketball and was at university. And he was the guy in the, in the back playing. So they have to move quick foot. So he told me that's where I learned to move fast. And I put it into Kyushin training. You see? So those people bring you. So I said, 
I have a good connection with Shantats, that's my friend. So if I need, I cannot speak Japanese, but I speak English. I have next, next generation, for the next 25 years, we have the son, 35 years now. For 20 years, it's gonna be going all over the world. So we have that. Plus we have the notoriety of Nakamura. So in my head, it's like, okay, I have a good connection with Tats. We have a young guy who's going to be excited to teach all over the world. And we have, of course, Makoto Nakamura. So people would think I would there only for Nakamura now. I think about everything before I went. And that's four years now, the best move of my life. That's best amazing. move of my life. I, I was scared, you know, you know, you don't do Makoto Nakamura, but people who knew him, that guy after tournament used to drink a lot. And sometimes his behavior was like a very, uh, He's a strong man and it will be loud, you know. Since he started the organization of Nakamura, he stopped drinking. Not for him, not for his health. To make sure he's there a long time for us to build Nakamura. Mm. So the first year we went to Japan, of course he drank at the Sonar party. He was so, so. The last two we did, didn't drink. Well, one or two beers but not drunk and having fun with us. I went to Japan last year, uh, summer camp. He said, what are you doing here? Canadian in Japan, August. So why? He said, it's too hot. It was 42 degrees plus three times humidity of here. I never felt, I went in the South. I went, uh, I went to Colombia. I never felt, I was looking for shade when I was walking. I never see that. He said, are you crazy to come in August? He said, that guy is a teacher, cannot come at Christmas time. So it has to be now. So because of that, he said, Shabya, I'm gonna take two hours with you. His wife teach English, his wife teach French. She's a teacher. So his wife was translating for me and she was working in French. And then when we talked too much in English, he would go to his wife, oh, please, Shabya, talk French, talk French. My wife speak French. <laughs> so I was trying, but in French, his wife was like some, sometime looking for words. So I was trying to help her in English, but he would say, no, 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 speak French. So for two hours, we, I have a picture of it. I'm on the dojo sitting down, his wife is sitting down and he has foot problems, so he cannot sit down. Mm. So we have like a stool, you know, like I'm sitting on a stool now. He talks to you as his foot down. But, so he's on a stool, me and his wife, and he gave me two hours of his time. And he said, ask me any question you want to know about my training, about the way I think about so I found out about that man, that he was generous. At the beginning, I was scared. I would come there with my team, and it would be like, gah, 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 and, uh, because the first clinic I did with that man is, was 201. And he gave two hours of clinic, and I saw him slap a seven band. And the seven band went on the floor. And you look at the seven band and said, train harder. This is not chukshin. So I was afraid he might be that kind of person, you know? Nope. In with the fighters like that. You want to compete? Shut up and train. You're bleeding? Fight. That's, but then when you're finished competing and you stay loyal to him as a sensei or this, then it's the opposite. It's a team, it's a family. So 
that's why I chose Nakamura. That's awesome. Now, the other question is, because, you know, you have your business friend that you said uh, who really helped make the decision. And I'm sure, like, you know, as you said, you're a student that just constantly keeps learning, which is super important. Uh, since joining Nakamura, this is how I worded the question. Um, how do you feel the organization's philosophy is going to help grow Kyokushin in Canada with you as the Eastern Branch Chief? Uh, you know, first thing, that's Nakamura and me are really working together so I don't go against him or he doesn't go against me the way we behave in our dojo. So we try to put the same philosophy. So as the Canada is going to grow together, and um, I don't say that a lot, but they also asked me to be in charge of East America. So East Coast is me and West Coast it's that. But, and he doesn't like me. That's why you're going to see if I see my title. Canada branchy because Tad doesn't want me to say East or West. He said we're both Canada branchy, you know. So anything that happened in Canada or in the USA, Tad and me talk about it and we take a decision together. So that first thing we might, and we have the same philosophy, we don't talk about other organizations. So because of that, I think that people who's gonna try to follow us, gonna, gonna want that kind of view. Because sometimes there's a good sensei or good shiam, they have, they have their two of that, blah, blah, blah. So if they see that we still go on for years and we keep that, we respect each other because you know what? Every organization is good. And there's good fighter and good shiam, every organization. Don't tell me the fighter of Nakamura is better and the Matsui is better. That's not true. Of course, some organization are bigger. And because of that, they're more champion. So you hear more about it. But there's good coach in Nakamura. There's good fighter in Nakamura. And sometimes they might be bad coach or bad fighter in Nakamura. And then it's going to be my job to make sure that gets fixed. But you tell me, Matsui, they're no good. That's not true. There's a lot of great coach and great champion. You see Midori, it's, it's the same thing. Ruyama. Those masters are incredible, and they have people in the incredible. But why, why Nakamura thing is going to grow up? Because we're going to try to keep that negative. Of course, sometimes we're going to have some, because there's human being. But we're going to try to keep that out. And Nakamura, father and son, wants to keep the spirit of Kimite of Masuyama. So they are, they are aware that the knowledge of technique of sensei shant culture will go up. It's not only in Japan. So because of that, they're working very hard to make sure they stay equal edge. And that's going to give us thing to teach to our students. Second thing, Sosawiyama Detuction, not Piyakatafa, not Bobby Lo, not, not uh, Ruyama, not Nakamura. But the name I just give you so Sawayama, they were here, very close. Babilo was almost the right arm of So Sawayama when he built Kyokushin, because Kyokushin named 64. First dojo of um, Babilo, it's 57, 56, you know? So those guys didn't even have the Kenji done. They were training together. I have the sense to teach everything that's called um, have a, have a blank, it's gonna come back. I learned that from Bobby Lowe because I went to Hawaii eight times. 
So he was teaching that a lot. Society didn't teach that. He was teaching fighting and breaking. That's what made Chuxin popular. But there was a lot of kata and self-defense also. Bob Lu took care of that part and I had the chance to train with him. So uh, Apono Kuzushi. Apono Kuzushi is all the movement of self-defense that Sosa invented. And it worked with a clock. Any, any self-defense you're going to do, it's with the clock, but it's always come front. And you're going to move at 10 o'clock, at 5 o'clock, at 3 o'clock, with different kind of move. We call that Apono Kuzushi. So I had the chance to do that eight times in Hawaii with Sean Babilo. And a lot of time in Vancouver and Banff because Babilo what came there. And the west part of Chukshin with Stuart were very good in that. So I practiced. So Tats and me, we really, really know those self-defense moves. So we can keep using that. But you know what? Nakamura Dojo in Japan, they never did it. So last summer when I teach there, they asked me, Champion, I want to teach. I'm like, oh, the, the Xi'an of, the Xi'an was in charge of the Humber. Of course, so, um, the dad is higher, but there's the Xi'an in charge of Kobe in the Humber. That Xi'an said to me, Champion, you want to teach to the, the adult brown and black belt tomorrow morning? So, oh, you want me to teach? Yes. Okay, what do you want me to teach? Choose what you want. But when Dayo came to my dojo, we did the Apano, and you look at me, and said, Xi'an, I never did that. Can I video? So, so Dayo video me doing that. So when I went to Japan, I said, okay, you never did that? I mean, maybe didn't. So I teach that for two hours. All the Xi'an there, there was like 20 Xi'an. Usually they look at the camp, there's too much music. They started to join my class because they wanted to learn, you know? So there's always somebody who's gonna give you something. You cannot say now, me, I'm good at Kyukshin and everything. No, no, those person were all great. They teach a lot of good things, but then what makes that you change or not, it's the behavior of the human. That was saying at the beginner. And I want, I try to be the example for my children, for my students. It's not always easy, especially now with the COVID. You know, I could send Facebook what I think every day. Why do you think I don't? Because half of it is going to be agree with me and the, half, the other half doesn't agree with me. And what I am to say is wrong or is right. I have my way of thinking, but that doesn't mean, but I have, you know, sometimes people say, oh, it's not that bad. I, oh yeah, are you working? Yes, I'm working. I'm not. That tell me it's the same thing. Yes, eight o'clock, I have to be home. But you go work in the morning or you do teletrabha in the morning? Yeah, I can't. I cannot even give private class since December. So don't tell me it's the same thing. I'm close. So some people say, yeah, we're all into that COVID. Yes, we're all into COVID. But the restaurant, the gym, the kitchen dojo, um, anything that's around that been closed for almost a year, don't tell me you understand what I'm going through if you have a job. Understand? So because of that, I don't go and argue with everybody because it doesn't change nothing. What I can change is train hard. So I train hard every day, two hours per day. Every second day I do cross training. Every second day I do kyukshin training. The kyukshin training, I fight with my wife or we do pads and all that, and black belt level, you know, we really train hard. But the other three days we really do, people know that as CrossFit. You know, cross training is CrossFit. But CrossFit is the, it's a company, it's a name. So we do cross training every second day. Of course, sometimes I go home, I'm like, 
fun. But what can I do else? I have to train to stay healthy in my head with all that, you know? And I'm lucky. My students are very nice with me. I have a hundred people doing Zoom, still not. Because I talk with those ones, sometimes people are like, they have enough of Zoom and class. And me, I still have like a hundred, maybe 20 kids and a 80 person adult following them. And those person, they call me, Sean, I'm supposed to pay my, uh, my abundment now. Say, yeah, okay, I'm gonna send you by a uh, text or this or that. So my students still send me money even if I'm closed to help because they tell me I don't want my dozo to close. I have between 300 and 400 students and maybe 150 over 20 years. So those people, for them, it's their dozo too. It's not only a place they go do karate, you know? So I'm lucky, I'm lucky because they're so nice. They call me, they don't ask me for nothing. They give me the, so with the government helping with the rent, at least that money is coming in. So I'm money-wise equal as I was. Of course, didn't go over, but I did not go in the red. This is because of my student. That's you know? amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. Wow. Like you really made a community. So this is like the last question I have. So you're obviously a father, not only a Shein. How do you feel being a father and a Shein has made you a better teacher with everybody and not only with your students, but working alongside the other senseis and any other Shein in your day-to-day life? You know, when I was young, I did not want to have kids. So it's only 10, 10 years there's kids in my life, okay? So until I was 46, 47, I didn't have kids. Of course, I teach to kids, I know kids. But on the other side, what the kids go through in a day, what the family go through in a day with the kids, we don't understand until you take care of kids. And then, because of that, it helped you. With other kids, you're going to see the behavior. You're going to say, okay, I could tell you sometime with some kids, I'd go at their home. Give you an example. Two years ago, I took a woman outside of the dojo. I said, oh, it's going in your house. She said to me, why? And his son is a, not trisomic. He's got anger issues? Yeah, and also he's a autist. Okay. But you know, autist, there's different kinds. Yeah, it's so gray. It's très gris. It's like there's no black or white. It's super gray. Yeah, and that one is really like any everything has to be really, really clockwise, or it's a big problem for that kid. And he never yelled in my school. He never yelled to nobody. And for three months, he started to yell in class. You know, like to what he has to say, it was going like, da, 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 da. and his sister is training here. So I don't understand. And then one day he go out. Me, I don't allow the kids to go out if the parents are not there because there's a gym beside and I don't want a car to smash them. So they have to wait that dad or mom come. So he went out and the sister went out. But then I went to open the door to tell him to come in and she was yelling at him. But she's not artist, so she knows the difference. In the dojo, she never yelled. So I went, two times that happened. So took the mom outside, said, how is going at home? So why? Said, you're telling me you have a problem with your sons. He's yelling a lot. So how is going at your house? Then she said, well, she started to cry. So well, it's not easy. 
for my husband is very, very hard. And uh, when he wants to try to fix things, he loses patience and he's yelling. I said, okay. So you want to know why your son is yelling and he's hotness? That's what he sees, that's what he does. So you want to fix that with him, you cannot explain to him. You have to fix it. So don't yell in your house. He won't yell. And then she said, why did you see that? I said, well, my kids, we don't yell in the house. They don't yell in the dojo. I saw your daughter yell at your son. And she's not artist. She looked at me. But she's smart enough not to yell inside of the dojo because she knows the difference. But I saw her yell outside. I said, oh, that's the way it's going in the house. So because of that, sometimes you could make link that I was not able to do before. Or sometimes you're going to see a kid is not concentrated. Yeah, but he has a very, very big exam tomorrow morning. I didn't know that before. My daughter is doing, she's going to be 17 now. Um, like you know, the three daughters, I came in their life, there was one, one year, three years, and seven years. So, and I, I'm a, we have them full time. That has them only a weekend, a second weekend. So I'm taking care of them for the school. And one night she come to my room. She's crying, 10 o'clock. I'm nervous, I cannot sleep, I feel bad. So I said to her, you trust me? She said, yes. And she's a black belt here now, okay? So I said, you know everything I did in my life. Full contact fight, kickboxing fight. I have five world record of ice breaking. Do you think I'm not, I was not stressed the night before? She said, yeah. When I passed my brown belt, I did not sleep. I find that very hard the next day when I did my exam. So I taught myself, even if I don't sleep, I'm not going to be better tomorrow. So I learned to relax and sleep. So then I do a kickboxing match, a world record. I'm telling you, sometime in the afternoon, I would do a nap one hour. So I said, you, you trust me? She said, yes, you have to go and sleep and you'll be better tomorrow. And since that day, she doesn't do that anymore. But I was lucky enough to give her the example because she knows what I do in Lisbon. She knows I'm a full contact patient. So she knows I really have to have those tests that are very stressful. So I'd have, I was able to use that for her. Not every parent can use that. Me, I was able to do it. But you know what? Two years, never happen again. Sometimes I see kids, 16, 17, 18 years old, going to university or CEGEP. And sometimes, uh, the other day, one of my black belts is not going to be 18 years old. The guy is amazing. He's a nice kid. He came in, I saw his faith was not going well. His brother just got into a place where they uh, learned, he teach you to stop drugs. How do you call that? He had. Yeah. So his brother was just took from his dad and his mom brought to rehab. And it was very aggressive at home when they did it. So the guy came here, I saw his face. I took him apart, I said, come here, what's, what's wrong with you? He started to cry and tell me that. I said, it's not the time to do a class now. He said, what should I do? You go back home. And he said, his, his, his brother is older than him. That guy is 17, his brother is like 19. He said, what do I do? I go back home. I yell at my brother, I slap him in the face, that he wake up, I said, you cannot do nothing. This, you cannot do nothing. It's your parents' job, and what you're gonna do, you go back home, and you gotta give, give love to your mom. Give love to your mom. Your mom needs you to be there for her. They're adult, don't take this over your shoulder. 
let your brother deal with that. It's his problem. And uh, being a father with kids make me see this more. Or well, let's say I would give, yeah, I would give 10 class of referee every Sunday for 10, 10 weeks. Now I give four. Why? Those black men have kids, have wives, or have husbands. They need their family. So I have to respect that as a branch chief, as a Shiam. When you don't have kids, you don't see that. I didn't see that. I didn't care about that. Now, well, I have to respect the people, they have family. So we, the beginners, they do, four, they do four class of two hours. And then when you have the experience, they have to show up at the two last class. Why? Because they have family. They have to respect that. You know? So this makes me see that side that I can use for my children or on the other side for the children here or sometimes the family. You know, you know, Drew, sometimes parents come inside and they said to you, it looks so easy for you with kids. It looks so easy for you and your wife with kids. Yeah, but when they come here, I have them one hour. Competitor, maybe two hours. I don't have to take care of them when they're sick. I don't have to take care of them when it doesn't go good at school. So for me to be tough with them, one or two hours, it's easy. But the parents have to give love. Sometimes the parents have to let go. Okay, it's okay. Uh, you were punished, but okay, I, I give you a break tonight. Look at TV. and So because of that, it cannot be like a dojo. When they come here, they come here for training and discipline. But there cannot be 24 hours discipline in a house. And you learn that as a parent too. You have to be balanced. So I think I try to be like that. You know what I did the last three years? We were close to the world, the world, the, the tournament in Japan. My fighters are getting very good. I see that. Oh, this training, I feel like eight or 10 are tired. You know what I do? I tell them Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, I don't want to see you at the dojo. You don't train. You eat, you drink water, massage, spa, because people always think training, 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 training. People always think like that, you know? No, that's not true. It has to be perfectly timed. Too tired, no good. You better come to a tournament three quarter, ready? Then a quarter and a half, a quarter and a quarter. That's too much. You're gonna, you're gonna, first you're gonna be injury. And then if you have very strong match at the end and you have to do two, two second match, you'll be too much tired. So you have to balance. And you know what? You, maybe you need 15 hours per week. Maybe that one needs 21, maybe that one needs 12. Of course, you cannot be a champion with two hours per week. But some gonna need a bit more, some gonna be a bit less. Depend. So you have to adjust to them, you know. So you have to. So you learn that with kids too. I have three kids. I'm I'm lucky. The three daughters are going great at school, but they're really different. Some we just say this way, it's gone. The other one this way, this way, this way, this way. But the same family, same house, same but two different heads. So same thing when you teach, everybody doesn't learn or go at the same speed, you know?
So you Blaine, learn a lot with kids about that. That's amazing. I think that's where we should conclude it. Um, where can people connect with you if they want to like, uh, you know, do your Zoom classes or just like get some form of a private Zoom in? Because I really want to make sure that if I can help you like manage during the pandemic by creating awareness, because if you, when you have it, when you're a big talker, you have to know how to use your mouth. Right. And that's what I try to use. So I would love to like, if there's any way I can contribute to helping you build up more fault, build up uh, more people coming to you as a teacher uh, for whatever reason, that's all I care about most. So where can they connect with you? Well, well it's easy. First, Sound de Karate Pierre Catapan. I have a website. So they're going to go there. Uh, I have Centre de Karate Boucherville on Facebook. Centre Karate Boucherville Facebook. So those two things, they go there. They're going to have the phone number of the school. Uh, they have the Facebook. And, and then when they do that and they're interested, then I also have a website for International Kyokushin Karate. This is all the dojo of Nakamura. So they can link to all the dojo under that. Even the dojo in Vancouver with Shantat. All the links are there. So, yeah. That's awesome. That is awesome. I really want to thank you for, for coming on and taking the time because I know like we tried to do this before. Maybe you don't remember when I had my old show called Beyond the Fight, but then with the whole first wave of the pandemic, things didn't work. And then like when I got this, the Drew Spirience, I'm going to do it right. So I really want to thank you, Shian Pierre, for coming on. You know, it was such an honor to host you. I mean, the support I've been getting since I announced you were coming on has been big. I love seeing that. There's enough, as I like to say, there's abundance for attention and success to go around. So when, to have you on the show I think it helped each other. I feel now since I've talked to you, like I know you better. And I, it's, it's just such an honor that I can help Nakamura, Ikeo Nakamura Canada do better in any way. So, you know what? That's very nice from you. Same thing for me. Thank you very much. Of course, you know, we always learn about person, your person. And I think you're doing something great, especially that you did just not now one organization or one time. I know you're taking everybody's kyokushin important. I agree. And you also think about MMA because there's great coach, great fighter over there too. There's so much science in MMA because kyokushin fighter is something up, boxing, oh, the next part. But then you have the, everything on the floor. Uh, when you get close to the, the gate, you can, you're, you're stuck in it. There's different will. So all that is so much information and martial art. And what you give now, so every time people talk, we see a thinking that sometimes, oh, that's good. I didn't know about that. Oh, people always told me that this guy is, a, I don't know, a bad one. And finally, you make him talk. That guy is good. That guy is nice. What he says is okay. Then I think that's going to be a positive thing for everybody around to know about each other and still respect each other, even if it's different sometimes, you know. So thank you very much for doing that. Thank you. Well, thank you. You know, having your support helps and anyone else that's known the show. And uh, I mean, I'm just honored, you know, and I'm very glad that uh, we could do this. And uh, you, you have a, an ally friend in me and I'll make sure to share as much as I can always. That's what I use social media for. And I really also want to say, uh, I'll say it in French. J'aimerais dire merci pour tout le support j'ai reçu. J'ai reçu les messages de les, de les practitioners, practitioners, like the, practitioners uh, de 
Aikeo Nakamura. J'ai reçu vos messages sur Facebook, les ajouts. Je suis très apprécié. I'm very humbled. Et euh, j'apprécie tout. Euh, il, y a, il y a être bientôt une, plusieurs euh, conversations en français seulement. Uh, and I'll try to keep it in bilingual, but for Quebec, I'll, I'll make sure to try to do it in both languages at times. But uh, I really appreciate the support. So if you guys want to connect with me, uh, Drew Michaels on Facebook, Drew Nomad 7 on Instagram, the Drew Experience have a YouTube channel. So please like, subscribe, share if you like this conversation. We have to raise martial arts up no matter what style or organization. Thank you very much. And you know what? Give a nice punch to Mo when you see him. <laughs> And you say, say, Mo, that comes from Chantier. <laughs> I will. Don't worry. Thanks, Yann.